Hello. I'm Emma. I'm Antonella. We are more than meets the eye. And we're here to help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens. Oh my god. Yeah. Before I explain the podcast, I just want to celebrate that this is a really exciting episode for me. Four is my lucky number. It's season four. This is episode four. And not only all of that beautiful, wonderful stuff, but we're doing, like, one of my favorite albums of all time. And it's just an exciting episode for me. We both had mediocre to very bad days. (laughs) (laughs) So we're trying to, like, get through it, but we'll we'll be sure to deliver some goodness to you. Yes. Yes. tell us what the podcast is like. So... On our podcast, we talk about aesthetics and everything that goes into an aesthetic, including fashion, music, movies, sometimes books. And we do a special segment, um, particularly where we focus in on one album or a movie, even a book. Haven't done that one yet, but... You really are pushing for the I book. I know, I'm pushing for the <laughs> for a book. I and feel we... like that would have to be like a graphic novel, though. Mm, it'd be kind of cool if we like had to conjure up an aesthetic without any visuals okay so i'm just saying i'm saying anyways so today we're in particular talking about um an album that we both really like Mm. which is humbug by arctic monkeys so yeah we just plan on like kind of breaking down the aesthetics of this album and getting to talk about what we like about it yeah also um our uh paypal is at mtmti in case you want to like Send us some money for to get some coffee. <laughs> Please. <laughs> She's like falling asleep um, at the bike today. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Gotta wake up. Okay, wait. So I didn't know you had a relationship with Humbug. So tell me about it. So, hmm. well, I think it wasn't the first Arctic Monkeys album I listened to. I'm a little basic. I started with AM. So, boo <laughs> boo. Okay, we can go into that. Um, well, I think like, because AM came out like 2013. Yeah. So that was like the start of like my indie music phase, Ooh. like sixth grade, seventh grade, where I was like, okay, like that was eighth grade. That was but like okay. when we just like, or seventh grade was twenty thirteen. It turned twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I sort of that twenty thirteen. I think eighth grade. I, I associated with seventh grade. Um, interesting. interesting. It was like yeah, it was like a, a lot of interesting stuff happening. Love the Hunger Games. Oh, because you Love. turned 13 in December. Yeah. Sorry. This is so off topic. But I turned 13 in April. So for me, 13 is like, it's mostly the next year. Mm. That's why. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Like school year wise. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. I got you. Um, yeah. So I was listening to like other music. Lord also had her album. Like we, we talked about yes. before, like 2012, 2013, a lot of like really big, big indie. All rock groups. Alt rock groups. Also, I think it was in the same place at the same time. Yeah, that. yeah. I also went to like my first concert in 2013, which was the 1975. Oh. So like another like kind of indie like uh-huh. alt kind of situation happening. So, um, yeah. Finally listened to Arctic Monkeys, and then that's when I listened to like other albums before that, which is Humbug, mm. um, which is not even their oldest album. No, it's they not. started out like a way long ago. Their now first it seems album, long ago. Um, what people say I am, I am not. I had, like, a big Arctic Monkeys phase. Okay. So, at one point in my life, I was, like, an Arctic Monkeys expert, but I'm no longer an Arctic oh, Monkeys okay. expert. Oh, okay, I'm talking to, like, a low-key expert right yeah. now. Oh, it is 2006. Six. Whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. So, do you know, you like... You it all right. Okay. Right. Okay, I'm, like, beating the expert at her own game. Well, I'm no longer <laughs> an expert, but yeah. Um. So, tell me, like, so... Tell me about your Arctic Monkey experience, relationship. So the full story, I'm not going to tell on air. Oh. But I'll tell you in person. Okay. But basically... You can okay. be like, er, cut. Uh, insert. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a friend of mine um, was really into the Arctic Monkeys. So then I wanted to get into the Arctic Monkeys. Okay, so I basically started from the first album, whatever people say, that's what I'm not. And, like, worked my way through all the Arctic Monkeys albums, like, listening to them, like, constantly. Like, the way you just, like, go through someone's discography, you know? Um, when you, like, really like an mm-hmm. artist. And then, but basically, like, Humbug was, like, that was the first one. Like, I loved all of them. But that was the first one that just really hit home for me. Like, I really just loved this album. Um, and, like, 
even when I like moved past this album, I don't think I think everything after this album is like not as good because it's my favorite album. Um, and then that's interesting because you listened it listened to it um in like after the other albums came out. Yes. So yeah, but I hadn't really like dug into like either of them. Mm-hmm. So let's get into like the background. So it's Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> it's Arctic Monkeys' third studio album. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, released in August of 2009. So it is over 10 years old. It is. Crazy. Well over 10 years. It's so crazy. Actually, not well. Just like 11, 11 years. years and two months. Two months. Okay. And this one was recorded in the U.S., which is cool because this was their first album that they recorded in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, they're yeah. British, if you didn't know. Sorry. Yes, they're from. Uh, they were formed in Shelf Sheffield. 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 They're Northerners. You can mm-hmm. tell. Yeah, Yorkshire <sighs> accent. Uh, yeah. Um, so they were formed in two thousand two. So it's been a minute. Like they've been around for yeah. a while now. Um, yeah, but. So they released their first studio album in 2006, but before then they were really just like a bar band, so they like played at bars or like late night venues, clubs, that kind of thing. Um, and you can really see that even in this album, like especially in the way, um, like I love the way Alex Turner sings, sorry for kicking you, um, like, because you can always, it always has that like uh, authenticity of him just like singing in clubs when he was like 18 and like, you know. It's cool. Yeah, I don't think there was anything particularly, like, um, technical about his singing no. that, like, makes it super, like, extravagant. But I think that's the thing with most rock singers is they're not technically trained or – but there's some, like, authenticity or yeah. rawness to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his voice is super iconic. Like, yeah. Also, immediately. He, he's one of those people who sings with his accent and, like, not a lot of people – not a lot of British singers especially do that. Um, And he just, like, really is, like – I'm going to do this, <laughs> uh, which is so refreshing. Mm-hmm. I think later, I think what like albums like Second and C and AM, he kind of loses it, which I like his accent, so I don't know. Mm. I think that's maybe why I'm a little, They're, they feel more American, you know what I mean? Interesting. Oh. Um, <laughs> so if you didn't know, Alex Turner is the lead the frontman of and lead singer of Arctic Monkeys. But you do know Alex Turner. But you <laughs> would you would know if you're listening to this podcast, you probably would know. Well, not just that. I'm sure if you looked him up, especially like during AM era and saw him with his like pompadour and like leather jacket, you would be like, Oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> I feel like maybe. Yeah. Um, except side note, but I love his hair this year. I know me too. The long hair is definitely the his best look. Because if you cut your hair like that, right? Oh yeah, actually, <laughs> it genuinely would. We, we have the same hair. Um, yeah, we could have the same hair if I if I did cut it. You could be twins. Yes, you need a bigger nose. That's my goal. Cute little nose. He does look like he could be like a relative of mine, though. Alex so. Turner wrote the whole album, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, it was produced by Josh Holm, who is or hum or um in mm. French is um. um, but I don't know how he said it because he's British. Um, who is of Queens of the Stone Age. He's, like, one of the lead guys from Queens of the Stone Age, um, which is another great band. They're, I think they're pretty much contemporary with Arctic Monkeys. Um, they might be, no, they're older. They're, like, 90s. But anyways, I love the way, like, I read a lot about how he produced the album and how he was kind of very hands-off, but kind of there as just, like, a guide if they needed, like, assistance, which is cool. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, stories about his production style and like something about it was that he was like super vague about what he wanted did you read the quote where it's like "Ooh, make the bass sound like a fat kid with chocolate all all over his face like he had chocolate on his face and he was like make it sound like a fat kid that's what the quote i think yeah it was funny um so yeah it it definitely talked about how like that was like a very big part of this Mm. change of sound because previously the other two albums were a lot more like hard and fast. Mm-hmm. Hard and fast, um, very much like guitar riffs, bass, you know, steady drum beat bass. Um, very just like the rock and roll that you kind of think of. Yeah, um, the rock and roll you perform band, roll, yeah. at festivals to like yeah. large crowds, and like you get the crowd going. Yeah. Like that's the kind of sound. Which, which is, yeah, for an upcoming band in like the early two thousands, you know, like that, like 
it makes sense the time that they had. But yeah, this was like a big, this is a pretty big leap in their sound. Yeah. Um, but they also spent a lot of time on this album, so it's clear why. Yeah. I mean, um, it was definitely a lot slower. And I know like there was a lot of like kind of backlash from fans that didn't really like the the newer mm-hmm. sound. Which I think, critically though, it, yeah. it was. Critically, it, 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 it was. It did well. It wasn't like, oh my god, which it should have been. Um, <laughs> it was like it was according to Emma's review. Emma says it's the best one. Um, but also, yeah, I think the lyrics are different too, which is like a big thing because usually they had always sung about like British nightlife and like I saw another quote that was like, um, their songs are about every night you could possibly have in like London at night, you know, or like in a UK like street uh, nightlife. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I thought was funny because it's true. If you listen to the album, that's exactly what it like sounds yeah. like. British um, youth culture. Yeah, that's what the lyrics like capture. Um, but this one kind of like I love the way uh, Alex Turner writes lyrics because it's very storytelling based. Mm. We talked about this with another album. I can't remember what one. Was it um, Amy? Was it what? Amy. Yes, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, Alex Turner is another big storyteller. Yeah. Except his stories don't make any sense. I mean, they're super detailed is the thing. Yeah. Like, he'll, like, give you full descriptions of everything, but you don't really... They're, like, it's still obscure enough or you yeah. don't really know what's happening. Exactly. But it's cool. I used to love... I think that's another reason I used to love listening to it because um, it was most, like, on brand with what, like, inspiration I I want. Um, So, like, listening to the lyrics was very much like you could write your own story. Um, like from what he's saying, mm-hmm. and just kind of like it's so vague that like you can just kind of go make up, make, make up a story, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, also they use a lot of like cool new instruments, like they use like slide guitar and like xylophones and mm, organ and at one keyboard point. stuff, yeah, cool keyboard stuff. Um, I also uh thought it was interesting that their their influences were like some of them were like darker in terms of like. Music styles, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I couldn't think of the word, and I still can't think of the word. It's not hallucinogenic, but you know, like psychedelic. Psychedelic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so like very psychedelic, yeah. Like influences, which this album is just totally mm, just a little like more trippy, a little slower, yeah, yeah. vibey, if you want to say. And then my last note is that the album art was done by a photographer, famous photographer named Gar Guy. I think it's Aroche, A-R-O-C-H. I love the cover. I think it's a great photo. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it really captures the album too, you know. Yeah, it's very just like, kind of, so artsy. Yeah, it is artsy. It's pretty artsy. I think that was like a very 2009 kind yeah. of artsy too. It boggles my mind that it was 2009. It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel that way. Or it just... I don't associate it with that time, but, like... Okay, because you listen to it at a different yeah, yeah, so is the thing. I guess that's probably why it's, like, hard for me to connect the date, but... Well, yeah, I agree. I was looking at um, contemporaries to give, like, examples later, um, and I was very, like, stunned. Like, I'll give one contemporary that I thought was funny, but um, Selena Gomez and the scenes. Selena Gomez and the scenes kiss and tell came out in 2009, and I was like, what? Crazy. I'm just... Uh, I'm to, yeah, it's a great album, too. Didn't, like, Demi Lovato's album... Yep. Like, great albums, right? Like, pop punk. Which, I, I feel like this this album, obviously, was not pop punk. Um, But I think it has, it's very timeless sounding to me. Like, yeah, it doesn't... It is. didn't really age at all in, yeah. like, the last 10 years. Like, 10 years is a long time for an album. Like, a lot of them don't make make the test of yeah. time. Like, a lot of them don't last the test of time. Like, it's... This one does. This one really does. Did it... You know, I definitely, like, don't think it adhered. It tried to adhere to the time, which works really well about mm-hmm. it. Um, okay. So, oh, one other note is, um, Alex Turner has a side act that is another one of my favorite groups. Um, they're called the Last Shadow Puppets, also known as TLSP. Um, that's, like, you know, abbreviation. Um, he does it. It's him and Miles Turn. No, Miles Kane. Oh my God, I'm sorry, Miles Kane. Um, and he's the he was the lead singer of the Rascals. 
Um, and they kind of did this duo thing together, and it's great. Like, I highly recommend checking it out, because um, you probably haven't come across it. Like, they, I don't know, it doesn't get much, like, coverage, but it's very good. But this was, that was the first, TLSP released their first album, and then immediately after, Humbug came out. So, mm, yeah. it was, like, this cool, like, Alex Turner was kind of in the media for that, and then did this, too. So, fun stuff. Yes. Um, Okay, let's get into the track. Track number one is My Propeller, which is all around Bob. Mm -hmm, It is. I I really love that song. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, It does have a music video. I miss that one. Oh, what? Oh, it has a really cool music video. You gotta watch it. Um, I'm gonna go watch it. Yeah. I can't believe you just, like, oh. I watched Crying Lightning and... Um, cornerstone. Cornerstone. That's a good one. We'll get to that. First, we're on microphone. Um, okay, it's just a very simple music video. Um, it's them like playing the song, but it is two colors only. Um, and it kind of like inverts the two colors as like light and dark. It's like it's kind of like as if it was black and white, except mm. for it's literally only two colors. It's um, very interesting. But it's the kind of a delayed. Color, yeah. Yeah. I mean, color is like purple, like a blue, blue purple, ish, kind of like the album cover. You know what I mean? Hmm. I do not see any color yet. Wait, what? Am I not? It's black and white. Am I colorblind? Wait, show it to me. You're watching the wrong one. Oh. Or maybe it turns colorful. Oh, it is. It is. It is. It's a really, really dark purple. Okay. It's it also cool. does cool, like, kaleidoscopic thing. Yeah, it looks very, like, retro to me, kind of psychedelic, which yeah. I think is a good way to, like, set up the yeah. kind of vibe of the whole album, definitely. Lots of random close-ups, quick cuts. Um, so it's, like, hard to know what happens in each shot, especially because the colors are really weird. Um, but it's just enough to, like, you see what happens, but you're not really able to, like, connect it and make sense of it. Uh and then, like, the eye. There's, like, a big, like, close-up on an eyeball mm-hmm. motif. It's cool. You get a yes. lot of detail out of it. Okay. Okay. So, it's a good one. We're not going to play any of it, but 10 out of 10 right here. Yes. Yes. Um, number two. Crying Lightning, which we will play for you. Um, I believe this was, like, their first single they released for this album. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, let's see. There's a, there's a, is a music video to this one. And it's a lot of, like, interesting CGI happening. Like, they're mm-hmm. on a boat, and there's, like, some rain and, and storm happening. And then, like... Yeah. I think it's actually mostly a green screen. Yeah. Oh. Like, it's... It, there's a lot of, like... I mean, it. I guess for Tales of Nine, it was very... It was good. Yeah. But... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I have a fun tidbit that I learned from film class that you want to know. Yes. Okay. So, you remember how we were, we were looking at the Singer Rock music videos? Yeah. And you were like, why are they so low? Or, like, quality... Um, in terms of the video, like, are they meant to be this low quality? Like, what's up? Um, so basically, back during the change from, um, film, like, VHS to, that's like analog, right? From analog to digital, um, they actually thought digital wasn't going to take off the way it did, so they backed everything up on analog, um, and they didn't film at, like, they didn't save everything at the highest quality analog. Mm-hmm. They just saved it at the normal quality analog. Um, and so what happened was, as our digital quality gets better and better, that analog stays at the quality that it was, so it looks Ooh. really bad. But if you had, like, a lower quality screen, it would look good. Okay. But because you don't, it looks right. worse and worse. So, like, what that means, too, is, like, you know, you've heard of 4K, right? Mm-hmm. So, basically, most people, like, don't have 4k like everything in 4k like you don't watch everything in 4k honestly you can't really tell the difference between the 4k but the thing is one day every screen is going to be 4k mm-hmm. so a lot everything of people, that's not will just look lower quality exactly everything oh. that's not filmed at 4k will look low quality on a 4k screen okay yeah does hmm. that make sense it makes sense that okay. makes a lot of sense um yeah because even this mu- music video for crying lightning is kind of the quality is a little bit fuzzy. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was yeah. the look of the music video once again, but like I guess, I mean. Well, I think it also like you can tell 
the CGI, not the CGI, the green screen is a little more obvious, mostly because the quality of the filming is taken down a notch because of the way it's stored. Right. That's how it is. Technology. Technology, um, man. So yeah, if you can watch Crying Lightly on Crying Lightning on like a 480p screen or something, um, I think that'll. That, that's the way to go. Got yeah, it. Or less than that, mm-hmm. 360p. Um. Anyways, so, so. Yeah, so they have like this weird boy, boy, weird boat voyage, right? And they're playing instruments on the dinghy boat. Mm-hmm. There's like water everywhere. Yeah. Then Alex Turner appears. Is that Alex Turner? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a giant, yeah. like, um, god-like hologram. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He just like appears. And then everyone appears, mm-hmm. too. Um, and I said that. I said a real story. I guess I thought I meant the music video was <laughs> a real story. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Love my notes. Oh, are you going to play it? Yeah, so okay. I'll play a little snippet. Yeah, I'm Irish accents were gonna stay there for a little Ooh. bit. Um, I hope all our Irish listeners can hate my accent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number three, we have Tanger Sandals. Um, I call this one like a classic Arctic Monkeys mm-hmm. track because it's got like it kind of like throws back to that like driving guitar line yeah driving drum line you know definitely a lot faster and heavier than yeah. like the songs before it and i can maybe like a little like ooh, like we're still like doing that kind of stuff but yeah we're not gonna totally give you everything like just a yeah. little bit of a nostalgic move totally also him spelling out like going um it's like totally I think they, there's like a parallel song to it on Favorite Worst Nightmare, which is their album before it. I just can't remember which one it is. They do have one that's D is for Dangerous, which I just think is funny because they go D is for Dangerous and the next album they literally spell out Dangerous in a song. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this album's good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a booby bop. Uh, <laughs> it's like every single like description, like, oh, it's, it's good. And it's good. <laughs> this one's not like... My top tier, mm-hmm. like, in terms of favorite tracks on this song. Right. The first two definitely are. Like, I really like those yeah. songs. I like Dangerous Animals, but it's not, like, the one that I, like, open the album and go, I'm going to mm-hmm. listen to this one, you know? Yeah. Everyone um, has, like, the one that they, they go back to. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, number four. Number four, which is also my favorite. So okay, well, you I haven't them. even said it's my favorite yet, so you just took that title away I from know. me. I know, I did. Uh, we're fighting over a song. Um, our both of our favorites is number four, Secret Door. It's really like worth being the favorite though. Mm-hmm. It's like really, really, really solid and does not get enough attention for how good it is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think part of it is that it's very melodic, like melodically driven. Um, yeah, it's what's catchy. Like yeah. it, it definitely like stays with you. And I think also the placement of it is super. Is good because you're like kind of given like a brief breath of fresh air with something lighter, a little like slower Definitely, pace. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it's a little trippy, kind of like yeah. some interesting like synthesizer instrumentation happening as well. For which, sure. Um, you know, it's it's got like this sweet melody, but it also like goes between the verse which is a little more mysterious and like lost and confused and then goes into the sweet melody um i think the use of guitar is like really fantastic you know it like it's kind of like a guiding factor of the song it's also like very story based like the song mm-hmm. is a story um i'm just trying to figure out the story is it about so it's about like a a girl or yeah 
it's I called it low key a love song um, in my notes because it is. I think it is, you know, but it's kind of like a bittersweet one because it's not like successful necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's like all his love songs are yeah, are bittersweet. We'll get that to that one. Carter's yeah. down too. Um, love that song, but yeah, this one. Fools on parade, cohorts and carry on for waiting eyes That you would rather be beside than in front of Though she's never been the kind to be hollowed by the steps spacey mm-hmm. and just a lot of a lot of space <laughs> I, I feel like it fits both of us well so that's like it makes sense that it's both of our favorite mm-hmm. songs i just love anything that's like super like i, I don't know how to describe it yeah but it makes like, you want to move you mm-hmm. know something like kind of groovy something groovy about it it makes you want to move and not in a way that it's like a dance song in a way that you just want to like vibe sway <laughs> yeah Along, it's kind of reminds me of like a fifties prom tune, like a little bit like it's like like a trippy one. Though. Yeah, like if you were like on acid during your prom in the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Love <laughs> it. That sounds like it'd be fun. I also uh, want to give Antonella a shout out because at the beginning she was like, "I want to play this song," and I was like, "No." <laughs> I'm playing that song, so... She claimed it. It was, like, only fair as, like, the Arctic Monkeys expert. Oh, give no. me first <laughs> I feel bad that I, like, that type of moment. Once upon a time, I was. Don't mm-hmm. watch um, I mean, I don't even, like, really know the member members besides Alex Turner. I don't think I know all of them. I, I used to. I know Matt Helders. I know... One of them, I know the name. I just can't remember it. And the other one, I always... I always forget his name. Um, Matt Helders is a drummer, though, mm-hmm. with the short hair. Um, they all kind of look the same to me. Just the middle two. Yeah. Just the bassist and the guitarist <laughs> look the same. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Helders is, like, the next most cute one. That sounds so <laughs> next mean. Oh, Jamie Cook and Nick O'Malley. Like, mm. I... Jamie Cook is the one that, like, I, I usually know his name. Nick O'Malley is when I always forget his name, but, like, I know his name. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Number five. Number five. Potion approaching. I love all these titles. Like his titles yeah. are super like, like very phonetically, like pleasing. Pleasing. Yeah. Like crying lightning. Even that kind of has like a Potion ring to approaching. it. Approaching. Yeah. Yeah. Like even though it doesn't make sense, it like works well together. I think he like doesn't mean for it to make sense. He just likes the sound mm-hmm. of it. And honestly, like I I agree with that. Like, yeah. This one has a not deep meaning, though. Yeah. It's, I called it the sex song, lol. Um, because it is. It's just simping. Yes. It, but it's got a great, I said, aggressive guitar part, too. Um, and lyrics that make no sense, part five. Because mm-hmm. none of them have made sense so far. Um, but it's okay, we love that. It's, it's so funny how detailed and you can be in a song, but, yeah. like, make zero sense. Yes. Yeah. Like, no, it's amazing. It's really like an art form. It's a skill, actually. <laughs> um, number six, Fire and the Thud. This is another one of my favorites. It's a good song. I think this is like my third favorite. But it's funny that like another kind of slower one is also your favorite. So I know. it's like I, I see why Humbug is your favorite yeah. album because like as opposed to the ones before because those were like not didn't have that kind it's of actually slow. The ones after. That I like less. I like the ones before okay. it more than I like the ones after it. Except for the one that came out in like 2017, 2018. Yeah. That one I really yeah. like. Um, That's a good album. Tranquility Based Hotel and Casino. Mm-hmm. Tranquility Based Hotel. <laughs> okay. Um, what was I saying? Um, oh, yeah. But you'd be surprised because my favorites on the first two albums are like the headbangers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because the he- like that they were meant for yeah. these albums. Like exactly. that's what made them good. Exactly. Um, um, very bluesy, kind of. I don't know. Fire in the Thud? Yeah. To me, it just has a kind of a... Well, I think this one, even compared to Secret Door, is so calm mm-hmm. and, like, so quiet, almost. But then at the end, 
it like, takes off. Yeah, it like takes off. It really is just like heavy guitar. Here we are. Let's go. Yeah, kind of a false ending though, because it kind of just goes like hardcore, and then it's like, oh, we lost it really fast. You know, uh-huh. like it's great that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a while to like build up to it though. Yeah. Um, I also think it's really cool. Um, that is called Fire in the Thud. When the first, the second song, sorry, the second song is called Crying Lightning. Fire and Thud is Thunder and Lightning. So it's like, because he goes, um, after the fire comes the thud, and lightning, after lightning strikes, it takes a minute for the thunder to go. He's talking about Thunder and Lightning. Oh, that's, that's clever. Right, but he calls it something different. So smart. So smart. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of has like a surf vibe to it. Like, you know, that kind of surf rock yes like kind of like, like trippy kind of surf like beachy yeah. vibe you know what i'm saying i like this album is purely fall and winter for me mm-hmm. i know what you mean in terms of sound mm-hmm. but like for me i always think of especially the fall like this is a very fall album for me mm-hmm. Hold on. i'm thinking i don't know kind of reminds me of king cruel have you ever listened to king yeah cruel? i have listened to king cruel they have a more of like trippy kind of yeah, yeah, like sound. the psychedelic, yeah, yeah, psychedelic kind of sound. Definitely, I know. I agree with you with the surfy sound. Mm-hmm. I just like cannot think of a beach when listening to this album. I got you. It doesn't connect. Mm-hmm. No. Um, okay, number seven, Cornerstone, which we will also play today. Okay, it's definitely like maybe one of those catchy songs. I feel like on the album, like it's yeah. one of those melodic kind of like it's the pop hit from the yeah, album. Yeah, the pop hit. Yeah. So I'm I'm a sucker for pop music. Like that's just me too. How I roll. So I'm the only one in my family who is too. <laughs> like I love um, just like dumb pop music. Yeah. Ugh. Thanks. So good. So this one has a special place in my heart because of that. It um, has a special place in my heart because of the music video. Yes, the music oh. video <laughs> is amazing. Um, let's talk about it. My <laughs> notes when watching it this time was literally me just like screaming. Um, like you know how you like when you like just, just text scream to somebody. It was basically my notes during this music video. <laughs> um, give me your your notes too. Um, just like wow, it's literally just Alex walking around. Yeah. Like well, it's great hair. Oh, gray hair. Um, in a, it's Alex walking around in a red sweater. That's yeah, and that's a key key part because I yeah. like the sweater. Because it's a white wall. Everything else is like black and white. His hair included, like his hair mm-hmm. is like dark brown. Um, but he has a red sweater. And he's like singing along with a little like I don't know if it's like a yeah. He's got like a headset and recorder on. Yeah, like a, a recorder you can put around your shoulder. Of like a really just like portable yeah. recorder and he's just singing into the camera um yeah very simple none of their mu- music videos have intense storylines but yeah. that's okay this like, one has zero this one has absolutely no storyline he's just singing at the camera like he's literally looking like you said he's looking into the camera yeah and we oh. like it anyways so um kind of gives me like kind of the pop Vibes give me like cure the cure sound, yeah, because it, it kind of has it like more pop rock sound to it. Yes, um, I, I agree with you. The cure is like a good reference because they're like happier, like yeah. bubblier songs, a little acoustic a, yeah. guitar moment mm-hmm. like mixed in there. Um, there's a part where he like ducks below the frame of the camera, runs up a little bit, and then pops up right in front of the camera. And it's a great moment in the video. <laughs> my note was, and I wonder why I was in love with him. <laughs> that makes sense. He was totally my celebrity crush at some point. Oh, love that. It's so cute. Because he's not, like, conventionally attractive. He's not. But he is attractive. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, because of his personality. Yeah. That, like, comes out through. He's just a strong face that I think is attractive. Yeah. Because strong faces are. Mm-hmm. But I think, like. He doesn't, like, yeah, he's not, like, the most... I think his his personality is a big part of it. Because, mm-hmm. like, he does have a very, like... like charisma. Yeah, he's very charismatic, especially like, when performing. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's every, like, semi-ugly rock star. Yeah. Like, but it, it's what takes them this yeah. far, you know? It's like, um... What's the name from the Rolling Stones? Like... You? No, absolutely not. But What? The guy from the Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger? Yeah. <laughs> 
absolutely not cute. <laughs> I know. I mean. Argue with me on that one. I dare you. Twitter, find me and oh. find me. <laughs> Just get Big Jagger fans. Um, um, okay, but also, there's like a sad moment in the song. Um, in the music video, and he stops looking at the screen for a second. And it always like, I'm always like frowny face. But then he looks back at the screen and then, like, he looks at the camera and literally just stares at it for, like, it's, like, during the guitar um, mm-hmm. solo and he just, like, stares at it the entire time. It's mm-hmm. intense. Um, and then there's a lighting change and it's funny. I don't know. Yeah, they just do funny things with very it. very random. Um, let's play it. This is yes. Cornerstone by the Arctic Monkeys. I saw you in the battleship, but it was only a lookalike. She was nothing but a vision trick. Under the warning light, she was close, close enough to be your ghost. But my chances turned to toast when I asked her if I could call her your name. Random note: It's very nautical. Like he kind of makes. Mm. I think this whole album is a little nautical. Like, he makes nautical reference, kind of, like, the Rusty Hook is, like, the name mm. of the bar, and she's just in a wicker chair. Like, that makes me think of some, like, a hot, when the guy is sitting in a wicker chair in the mm-hmm. movie. Um, for our listeners, that's, like, an old Billy Wilder movie. Um, with Marilyn Monroe. Oh. Have you seen it? No. Something like a hot? Oh, you should. It's classic. Um, but what was I saying? I think, yeah, but then also the sound with, like, the, the boop, boop, like, and the woo. Like, mm-hmm. it makes it sound very nautical. Yes. I agree with that. It's really good. Um, yeah, also the lyrics are a little, I mean, once again, another, like, kind of bittersweet <laughs> or sad kind yeah. of song, but um, he's talking about trying to find the lookalike for the girl he's in love with. Yeah. And he wants to call girls her name. Yeah. It's weird. But in the end, he finds her, the girl who lets him, who looks like the girl and lets him call her her name. It's weird. Hey. Cute. 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 Uh, <laughs> hey. Next, number eight. Dance Little Liar. I actually really like this song, too. This is another one of my faves. This might be tied for my third favorite. Mm. With Fire in the Sun. Are you going to play it for us? No. Oh. I'm saving my oh, play. Um, for my second favorite. Okay. Um, I call it the bad guys theme because I feel like lyric wise and just like sound wise, I feel like this song like is like about a. It's like the 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 time in the movie where you like pity the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like you find out. Oh, I called the bad guys pity theme. Sorry. Um, but it's like when you find out like why the bad guy does what Ooh, they their do. Backstory. You know, like their motivation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's good. I like the. Um, there's like one part where the, it's like only the drums and it's like, boom, yeah. boom, and then it like picks up and then it goes, and it's in like guitar yes. solo. Yes, best part. And then it just keeps going like that. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. like instrumental kind of guitar, yeah. and then it's like. It's good though. They really like. You know, what I like about Arctic Monkeys, especially early on, is that they were always, like, it was about the music. You know, it wasn't about them getting a song that they could sing that a lot of people would sing mm-hmm. because they liked it. It was about them writing, like, songs. And I think this album captures that a lot. Yeah. I mean, because they could have continued with the last two albums and done something, a third album that was like that, but they yeah. didn't want to do that. Yeah. And, like, that was not what the fans wanted. Yeah. But they were like, we don't care. We just you mean make... with Tranquility Base? Or even, I mean, that's also an example. Oh, oh you I'm mean a humbug, but like. The first two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but also Tranquility Base is also not something that like was expected from them. They kind of. Yeah, they kind of did a pattern, right? Because yeah. there's nothing in between that. Right? Wait, that's a really interesting pattern that they have. Yeah, because they go like. What the fans expect for two albums and then something different. Mm. And then what the fans expect for two albums and then something different. So I guess we're getting another what fans expect. Two two albums of what the mm-hmm. fans expect. But I wonder what they think we expect. Yeah. That's interesting. I definitely appreciate artists who, like, don't care. I mean, it's hard not to care about what your audience wants. Like, how do you not take into consideration, like... Well, to me, AM is that. Yeah. You know? But then Tranquility Based Hotel and Casino is not that. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah. I think everyone's most successful album is the one that they don't try to please someone, you know? They just oh, I try think to do. I think it's, I think it depends. You think that their people's most successful album are when they please the fans? Sometimes. I think okay. in Arctic Monkeys' case, yeah, because AM is the one that they were pleasing the fans, and that well, is I mean, their like, most successful musically, album. Yeah, obviously, it's got, like, like, um, monetarily. Oh, you mean, like, like, okay, I get what yeah. you mean. You mean artistically. Artistically. Okay. I guess that's a better way to phrase it. Artistically successful. Yes. Um, best as in not chart-topping, but... As in, like, quality-wise. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> we're on the same page We're on the now. same page. Um, so we're talking about Dirty... No, what is it called? Dance, Dance Little Liar. Dance Little Liar. <laughs> I think Dirty Dancing. Like, what am I saying? Um, so the I, next one... Yeah. Uh, just a quick note. The the drum thing you were talking about that goes to the guitar thing. For some reason, I did pound... I wrote pounding and frowny face. Not sure why there's a frowny face, but These okay. little symbols you have to interpret. <laughs> yeah. This is just Emma's notes today. Um, yeah, so. So, Pretty Visitors. Yes. I think this is my least favorite. Mm, it's not, it doesn't stand out to me the most, but I do like it's the, or, like, kind of, like, keyboard beginning. <laughs> that stands out to me. Yeah. And, like, kind of, like, that very, like, yelly. What came first? Yeah, vocals, like. <laughs> that first line is really Yeah, funny. like, kind of very punk to me. The first, yes. this first line of vocals, which is cool. But I think oh, it, yeah. It feels like a circus. Mm. Which, um, Favorite Worst Nightmare has another song that's, like, circus-like. Um, which is called This House is a Circus. Um, just, like, some fun ties. Like, they, like, keep their, you know, they, like, kind of tie their stuff together, which I think is cute. And I always like that. I both of those songs have like some really great lines that just are super explicit, so I'm not gonna say that. But like I implore you to look up the lyrics. They're great. Mm-hmm. Um any other notes? I don't have any more notes. Okay. Then we have the number ten song. Last song. What a closer mm-hmm. to. Um it's Jeweler's Hands. The Jeweler's Hands. This is the second one I'm going to play. Because mm-hmm. um, it's my second favorite song on the album. Um, it's very similar in sound to Secret Secret Door. Um, but I don't know. I really like the story. It's very mystical. I can't figure um, out what he's talking about. but <laughs> So it's, it's the... Okay. He's saying like... What I, I love, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm getting into, like, the mythology of the song. But, like, um, at the end, he's, like, he says, like, you've held the jeweler's hands, and all the people who've done that have drowned. So, to me, it's, like, we thought the film ended on a good note, and then you find out that that's the bad ending. You know what I mean? Mm. That, like... They are, like, kind of consigned to a fate. Have you ever seen a movie like that where you're like, oh, thank God, like, they got out, and then you realize that they're, like, the one, trapped in the matrix ooh, or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, that one And that one little, like, moment where you're like, oh, yeah. shit, they didn't, yeah. didn't end well. Like, yeah. Or you don't, maybe you don't even see the negative outcome, but, like, someone appears on the screen that's, like, gonna, you know, F shit up. Or, yeah. Uh, I <laughs> tempted to censor okay, myself, and I put an explicit mark. We're a podcast. We can. To, like I have censored myself. Um, <laughs> anyway, up. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So let's play it. Yeah. Um. Oh, a good example is I'm gonna give a big spoiler. What movie? Inception. Oh, uh, I've never seen that. Okay, you should see it. But okay, wait. Close your ears. Um, if you haven't seen it, stop listening. But basically, you know how like you find out that the top is still spinning at the end of inception that's like what this movie is it's like oh no like it's not a happy ending okay forget okay i'm back i think what i said you wouldn't have even understood because okay. you haven't seen the movie um, i feel like whenever i'm not supposed to like remember something it like remember. will re- i will deeply remember everything like yeah. it you didn't happens. hear what i said right no okay good so okay. we're good this also has a crazy ending but i'm gonna play like more of a beginning Finde 
was thinking, I feel like Amy Winehouse could like sing on that song for some right? reason. Like just that like piano going. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. Like, it reminds me of like something she, like kind of song she would make. Okay, so now it's no one's fault but yours. So that's just like a red flag immediately, right? At the foot of the House of Cards, we all know like the House of Cards is a big symbolism for like Things, danger, yeah, yeah. Um, temptation. Um, you've never thought you'd get obsessed, so this person is obsessed. Um, you thought the wolves would be impressed, so you thought the people who can like take you down, that would be good enough for them. Whatever you did, whatever your journey was, you know, this person went on a journey. That's what it's saying to me. Um, and you're a sinking stone. Um, but you know what it's like to hold the jeweler's hand. So you're a sinking stone, but you have this thing above you. That procession of pioneers all drowned. So, like, the people who came before you who held the jeweler's hands all drowned. So, it's like, you don't have a good fate, like, lined up for you, you know? That's, like, an ending. Whoa. That's their ending song. Like, that's wild, you know? Yeah, I'm very curious. So, like, I don't really know exactly what the whole album means mm-hmm. together. Like, the cohesive story. I'm not yeah. even sure if there is one, but... Um, I don't know. It would be interesting to look into, look yeah. into that. We should have. But it's great. That's a great song. I really mm-hmm. like that song. Um, yeah, it's a good closer. Yeah. So, real quick, I, I came up with, like, a bunch of contemporaries at the time. So, just, like, things, like, groups that you would know. And then just, mm-hmm. like, maybe some movies and, like, TV shows. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get super quick, though. Um I mean, like, Wolfgang Amadeus, Amadeus Phoenix came out at the same time. Because we kind of talked about how this album is timeless, but, like, it came out, like, in 2009, which is significant. But, um, you know, Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix was, like, a big... That was, like, Phoenix, one of Phoenix's biggest albums. Like, one of their first big albums. Um, really famous... Well, you know, Passion Pit. Mm-hmm. Um, Manners by Passion Pit came out. The End by the Black Eyed Peas came out, like, the same year. It's so weird. Um, and then just stuff like, you know, I saw the Selena Gomez and the Scenes thing. Um, Kiss and Tell. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga Fame Monster came out that year. Like, oh. wild, right? They, um, um, let me see. It's also... There was also, like, I feel like the Black Keys were super... Yeah, a moment then, yeah, too. Yeah, they were. Um, they kind of like Lily Allen too. She was oh, having yeah, a moment. Oh yeah, true. That was when Fu came out by mm-hmm. Lily Allen, which is like classic. Um, and then just like a random cute shout out is I like a song by um, The Pains of Being Pure at Heart, and that's when their album The Pains of Being Pure at Heart came out. Oh, like their like namesake album came out. Oh, that's good. Um, some movies is like. That's when the Half Blood Prince came out. That's the year that Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince came out. Wow. Or the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Like, oh, that seems so much older than all of those things. Crazy. Yeah. And um, then good contemporary British TV shows are just like Peep Show, In Betweeners, Skins, Gavin and Stacey. Those are just some fun things. So that'll get you closer to like the Arctic Monkeys. Like, definitely. Yeah. Specifically yeah. the British yeah, aspects of culture at that time. Exactly. Exactly. Anything else to add? Um, talk, I mean, I don't know. Specifically, like, fashion-wise, like, I, I don't really oh, yeah. think, like, there's anything, like, a specific other than, like, kind of the grungy alt-look. Grungy alt-look. If you want to throw some psychedelic to give a mm-hmm. shout-out to the album, I think that works. Yeah, like, maybe a little more, like, mod-leading mm. sometimes. Yeah, because they're Brits. Yeah, of course, it's going to be a little mod aspect in well, there. Well, also, because um, the last Shadow Puppets, I actually talked about them during our mod ap- episode. Their first album is very mod, and that's the one that came out before this album. So you're right, and, like, there's a clear, re- like, reason why there's a mod lean. Mm-hmm. Modly? Mod lean. Oh, mod Like, a lean towards mod. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. We didn't... So, because of our crazy schedules, um... We're not dressing up to record anymore, mm-hmm. so you'll just have to be surprised by what we're wearing. I know. Big um, reveal. I'll have yeah. to go on Instagram at mtmteye. You can email us at mtmteye.ea at gmail.com. Um, oh, I also wanted to shout out 
our amazing editor, Sienna, because she does so much and she might be doing more soon and it's just really appreciated. Like it gets our show done. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's so important yeah. to keeping this alive yeah. and we going. We post episodes regularly because of her. Yeah. This would not be possible without no. Sienna. So thank you. Shout out. Thank you. Um, and thanks to WTVU and our producer, Ali. And yeah. We like never do that. Thank you. Like thank you. We notes, tried to. Like, <laughs> Um, we used to do it, like, in our, yeah. our first few episodes, yeah. but we, uh, we forgot. Because we were told to, and then we forgot. Um, yeah. But also, we're not doing outfits anymore, so I feel like I'm going to remember more. Right. We have a little I space. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. Check you later, kids. Bye. How do I end my love? How do I end my love?